DJ PK and Frank Dolce joins us now. The Utes 11 and 1. Frank finally overcame his fear of close games and crazy things happening and went to the stadium expecting a blowout. And he got it. And he joins us now on the Sprint Special guest line. Get a Samsung S10 for $0 when you activate a new line of service with a flex lease now through December 26th. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Frank, good morning. Good morning, guys. Hope you had a great weekend. Did you have a great weekend, Frank? <laughs> yeah, I had a nice weekend. I, I, was in, I was in San Diego for a soccer tournament, um, so that was, that was fun. And uh, it was kind of a treacherous drive back, but we all made it. And the Utes figure out a way to get into the championship game. Nothing wrong with that. And they, they got a little help from Alabama and Nick Saban, who was talking a little smack last week. Yeah, I didn't really think that Alabama was the threat. I thought the Utes were going to jump over Alabama with this win next week. So I never viewed – and I know people in the press box, a lot of people that call themselves media just are really hardcore fans of the Utes, and they're all sweating it. And I didn't really see anything to sweat because I think that Alabama wasn't much of a threat that they weren't going to get. They can politic and Paul Feinbaum and Saban could have politicked all they want. Uh, it still remains. The number one threat is Oklahoma. The number two threat is Georgia. And that hasn't changed in my mind. How do you feel about Baylor? Uh, I feel good the- relative for the Utes being able to stay in front of Baylor. But I get your point. They should be included in there. Yeah. I mean that all of these these teams make some significant argument for expansion of the playoffs at at the very least but but I think you're right the Oklahoma Oklahoma Utah I I don't know that Georgia I think Georgia is going to get beaten by if so if Georgia gets you know gets in that game with LSU and wins then then that's deadly for Utah Yes I just I don't think they're going to win yeah, I don't think they're going to win either. So at this point, I feel like it's a Oklahoma Utah kind of thing. Yes. And I I wasn't I wasn't very optimistic about Utah's chances several weeks ago. And in fact, I still think had Alabama been able to beat Auburn, then we'd still be talking about Alabama. They for for some reason they just hold that level, and and the I think that they would have been voted in. But but that's that's not the case anymore. So now it's just these two, and I don't know. I don't know. I it, I think Utah makes a really compelling case. When was the last time that a team has run for over a hundred yards against the youth? The Devils got him. I know Benjamin had a hundred yards. Yeah, that may be it. And that was obviously uh, almost two months ago now. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's the thing, man. I don't know that they're going to get in. But I sure would love to see them get the best chance possible just to see how good they are because I haven't seen this level of dominance in a long while. And I'd have to double-check from the defensive perspective I'm speaking to where it's just been the games have been so one-sided 
almost literally right from the start. If not right from the start, then certainly by the middle of the second quarter and into the third quarter. And when you have this level of dominance, I believe you deserve to be tested at the highest level. I don't know what will happen in that situation if it came to that, but I think they deserve it. I still don't think they're going to get it. I still think Oklahoma, and that's what I wrote and said weeks ago, and you fans jumped me for that, but that's my feeling. I still think that Oklahoma, if they win – they're going to, Oklahoma's a blue bud, and they're going to invite them, and it's going to be at Utah's expense. I, I feel the same. I feel the same way, and I, I've watched both teams play. I think Utah maybe makes a more compelling argument because of that, because of the defense that they bring. It's just a stifling kind of defense, and like you said, even after maybe a rough first quarter, they just figured it out. Yeah. And, and then Colorado couldn't do anything, and we've seen that happen all, almost all year long. Uh, the issue Utah's facing is the national story of Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And, and with Tua going down, that probably helps Oklahoma because of the storyline. Yep. Hey, here's the, you know, the former Alabama quarterback, and he's a Heisman, so he's going to lead this team to this unbelievable season and i don't know maybe maybe people think that's a more compelling storyline but i would love to see utah play oklahoma and and see what kind of success hurts would have against that utah defense i think that's a that would be a great matchup um but i i I agree with you and i i i'd say that with a i mean i'm the same way utah deserves an opportunity to be there i think all of us around here agree with that and I also feel like in a, in a head-to-head, if it comes down to a vote, then Oklahoma gets the nod from the, from the committee. So why has the committee not done it already? Because Oklahoma is sitting on a uh, win over a ranked team. The Utes do not have a win over a ranked team. Now, the Utes could get one against Oregon, but Oklahoma could get a second one by beating Baylor. So... If you go on the eyeball test, you know, different committee members are going to do whatever they want. It's just a vote. And year to year, they've done different things. On the eyeball test, man, Oklahoma flirted with disaster against Iowa State. They almost blew that 21-point lead, and they stopped a two-point conversion to win 42-41. And the, um, or 41-40, whatever it was, it was a one-point game. And they did the same thing, almost the same thing against TCU. They almost blew a 21-point lead there, and they won by four. And TCU had the ball twice in the fourth quarter with a chance to take the lead. The Utes haven't been in those kind of games. So eyeball test over here, which favors the Utes. Or you count up wins over ranked teams. Well, they already have a second one. They beat Oklahoma State. Is Oklahoma State going to be ranked? I wasn't counting it because I don't think they're going to be after that loss. But you're right. Right now, they're sitting on it. So, uh, yeah, and Baylor. So, so that would be a second win over Baylor this year for Oklahoma, right? Yeah. They have to beat them in the – yeah. So it would be a second win over Baylor this year. And, and Baylor uh, is ranked higher than – Oregon right and 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 the teams Utah the the wins that were supposed to be air quote signature wins for Utah those teams keep losing right it's a, it's a bad look and and all you can all Utah can do is do their job and they've done that tremendously well and and in dominating fashion and I 
and still. Yeah, I um, think that the knock on them is they didn't. They, they, you, yeah. you can't change your schedule in conference, but they didn't yeah. play a P five team at all. And Oklahoma I think did. That, yeah, the committee's going to come up with all these arguments. They didn't play a P five team non conference, and they didn't beat a ranked team, and they didn't do this, and they didn't do that, and they don't have this guy, they don't have that, and all of that is. I think you could match this Utah team up with anybody, and at the very least, they would be competitive, and at most, they would knock off all of those teams that, that are ahead of them. And plus, so, Oklahoma's a better TV draw. It's probably a better TV draw. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there's all these right. crazy... It's, just, it's unfortunate, because this is... Yeah, I agree. In the history of Utah football, this team ranks right up near the yeah. top. Now, I, I think they have to finish... I think they have to finish with Oregon. I mean, I, I I hesitate because, but they rank right up there with the with the top three teams in Utah history. Sure. Does Oregon and, scare you at all? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. They they scare me because they could get on a roll and they have a very good quarterback and I like their running game and defensively they've been really solid all year long. I think they give Utah they could give Utah some trouble, no question about it. Yeah, but Utah also has a defensive uh, a defensive team that makes Oregon worried and makes Justin Herbert worried. Like we've we've seen him under pressure and we've seen him not perform well at times. Yeah. And Utah is the team that can kind of put that that chokehold on a quarterback and on an offensive game plan. And 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 then an offense that goes, I think Utah had a 40-yard drive that took seven minutes. They just keep the, the opposing offense off the field. You, so you don't have as many opportunities to go score. I mean, it, it was, it was, it's the, the way that these two, the offense and defense, have worked together for Utah in great harmony that's just been fun to watch. See, and so you have a stifling defense, you have an offense that keeps the, other, the opposing offense off the field. When, when I hear the question, uh, does Oregon worry you, uh, my immediate reaction is, which Oregon? Because the team that blew out USC, and before that won tight games with Washington and Washington State, they were playing at a pretty high level, but they have not been impressive the last three games. And I wonder if they can just turn it back on. I mean, they knew they had the division and they just lost a sense of urgency because they lost the ASU game, but they were not impressive beating Oregon State. They really weren't that impressive against Arizona, even though the final score is lopsided. They hit on a couple big plays uh, and opened it up there. So can Oregon did, – did Oregon peak too early, or they just haven't had a lot to play for these last couple weeks, and they're going to come out and look as awesome as they did against SC? Because that team against SC ought to worry everybody. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. I No, I think, I think Oregon is good, and I think they're beatable. I, I mean, I think – I, I've said that about all the teams in the in the Pac-12. The the least beatable team to me is Utah, uh, and they I think they've proven that out the last several weeks. Um, and maybe the second less least least beatable team is Oregon, but they're beatable. I've I've watched them play every game this year, and I've watched when they played really well, and I've watched when they've been been not so great. And and I think a key to them being not so great is when they have a defense that matches up and puts Herbert under pressure. That seems like a perfect formula for this Utah team. So I like the matchup. I favor Utah in this matchup. Um, but that doesn't mean that Oregon can't, can't give this Utah team trouble. 
Yeah, I think it should be a competitive game. I mean, I would disagree that Oregon hasn't had enough to play for these last couple of weeks when uh, certainly two weeks ago the potential playoff appearance was on the line. You can argue last week. Uh, but I think the Devils showed uh, a little bit uh, how to attack Oregon. And then defensively, they gave Justin Herbert some fits. That was not a good game. He threw a couple interceptions that were not good, and then he threw some passes that uh, – just didn't look good so obviously Utah's defense is better than ASU's defense and I think in in the end when it comes down to it it's going to be Utah's bread and butter the offense has been a pleasant surprise this year you can say if you want to say it's a surprise if you thought they were going to be that good that's up to you but I think it's a little bit of a pleasant surprise but the reason why I'm going to pick them to win the game on Friday night is back to what they do, the foundation of the program, and that's strong defense. And I see it being right there. This defense should be jacked and ready to go because they know, everybody knows, you can't fool these kids. They have heard for weeks and weeks, you're beating a bunch of teams that aren't very good. I mean, they do not have a win over any team that won eight games this year, which actually, now that it's said and done, you can't change it. I think that works in Utah's favor because they're sick of hearing about it, that they haven't beaten a team. There's only one team that won eight games on their schedule, and they didn't beat them, and that's SC. So in a roundabout way, that's actually going to work to Utah's favor because they're going to have an opportunity to go, well, we can show them because you cannot blow off a win over Oregon. Oregon won 10 games, and yeah, they slipped up a couple of times by a possession each time. So it's not like in their losses they got blown out to Auburn and the Sun Devils, neither of which were in Eugene. They were right there, and then they lose the game by a few points. That's football. It happens. It could happen to the Utes uh, Friday night. But nevertheless, all this crap about Utah's crappy schedule is actually going to work to Utah's advantage now. That's the way I see it. Well, it, it certainly could. And and um, like, like I said, this is an Oregon team with a terrific quarterback. I like Justin Herbert a lot. And he... Of all the guys that I've watched this year, he can make plays with his arm that that very few people make. In fact, I, w- I would put him right near the top of the quarterbacks, maybe at the top of the ability to make throws, all of the throws. I mean, with velocity and with touch and all over the field and, you know, great, great motion. All, he has all of the tools, all of the right tools, but... Um, when you harass him like Arizona State did, I, I, I think Utah could potentially make this a disastrous evening for Justin Herbert and just keep him on the run, uncomfortable, and force him into throwing bad. But we've seen him do that, too. I mean, we've seen him throw a lot of great passes, and we've seen him throw several bad passes. And this is a Utah defense that I think could put him in those situations regularly. Hey, one X's and O's thing here. If the tight end sweep couldn't be defended, more people would run it. And I don't remember Gronkowski running a tight end sweep. Why is this working for Utah, and what has Oregon got to do to stop it? Because Keithy in the last three weeks has gone from having a good year to turning into a superstar. Yeah, well, I, you know, the, it, it's been great timing for Utah to run the, run the tight end sweep. It's not something that's, you know, a foundation necessarily of their offensive game plan. Um, it's just kind of like the timing of it and catching the defense in the right defensive set. And it's been the blocking. It has been fantastic. I mean, Keithy gets around the corner and he doesn't have much resistance. 
so uh, for Oregon, defensively, they're going to have to have someone spying. As soon as Keithy goes into motion, I mean, I, I think I would have someone keyed on that motion. Like, is he is he's moving across, or is he's lined up in a, in a in a position where he's run that sweep before? Then I would have my my strong safety or my linebacker, somebody, my extra defensive back that is aligned with wherever he's going. He's become such a weapon um, and such a consistent weapon. And maybe, I mean, you could say that he's Tyler Huntley's favorite weapon, that now if you're an opposing – if I'm an opposing defense, then that's the guy I say, well, I'm going to have to mark him constantly. He's going to be the one guy that I ha- I'm dedicating one of my defenders to, to marking that guy because he's, he's so productive whenever he gets the ball. And, and certainly that was the case – against Colorado. He was so productive um, coming around the edge. He's tremendously athletic, um, catches the ball well. He's super consistent, and, and, um, and now, he's, now he's, not, he's not a secret anymore. At this point in the season, he's just not a secret. And the defense, Oregon, I, I think that Oregon is, gonna, is going to dedicate someone to, to marking Keithy. Frank, we appreciate it as always. Thanks a lot. Absolutely, you guys. Great to great to talk to you, and thanks for having me on. Frank Dolce, former Ute quarterback, broadcaster, our Utah insider here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.